2: and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at amazon.com slash instant eraser foundation.
1: Welcome to the ID10T podcast. Uh, This episode of the ID10T podcast was brought to you by Squarespace. All right, Destiny is calling you. Are you prepared to answer the call? All right, it says you need a new website. You should make it with Squarespace. Just turn your idea into a website. Manifest it. Social media can be a pain in the ass, especially now. (laughs) You need to have a web presence you can send people to uh, rather than trying to navigate all the other stuff that social media is forcing you to deal with Or, or not showing to your followers. How about that? Social media does that too. So if you have a website... Uh, You can sell services of all kind. You can blog or publish your content with no no character limits, no random crazy people that you don't know just popping in and making horrible comments. You can own it fully, own the experience fully. Beautiful templates uh, on Squarespace, powerful e-commerce. You can customize the look and feel, settings, products, more with just a few clicks. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. And you can buy domains choosing from over 200 extensions and analytics that will help you grow in real time. Built-in search engine optimization, free and secure hosting, nothing to patch or upgrade ever, and 24-7 award-winning customer support. Make it stand out. Stand out with a beautiful website. Check out squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code ID10T, that's I-D, the number 10 and T, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Thanks to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of the ID10T podcast. And now, um, let us march over to the ID10T community corkboard. You know, a lot of people say, hey, you still doing corkboard? Now, that's not Nerdist anymore. Yes, and that this is the proof that I'm doing that. You can send your corkboard items to corkboard at ID10T.com. Um, that's it. Just let us know. As long as you're not a massive company trying to take advantage of our, uh, our corkboard, then uh, we'll get to as many as we can for you, the community of listeners. Stephanie writes, I made a thing. Travel Craft Journal is my site for championing artists, makers, and explorers. During the month of February, I'm encouraging everyone to look for art where they live and share it using the hashtag localartloves. You can share art you love from galleries, comic book stores, coffee shops, murals, wherever you find it in your community. You can share your own work too, she says, and at the end of the month, I'll round up these local art finds on Travel Craft Journal so we can celebrate what artists are making in different parts of the world. Uh, more at travelcraftjournal.com slash share or travelcraftjrnl Craft on Twitter. Justin writes, I'm writing to plug my wife's candle project, Wicked Pop Candle Company. Nicely done. These are handmade pop culture themed soy candles uh, and wax melts with scents and labels, all created by my wonderful wife, Kristen. Each candle is a reference to something in pop culture, whether it be Rebel Scub or It's a Trap or You Will Be from her Star Wars line, the waffle-scented Eleven from Stranger Things or I Suspect Nargles from Harry Potter. She sells her candles in local locations in southwest Michigan at various artisan shows and online at etsy.com slash shop slash Wicked Pop Candle Co. There you go. Uh, Also, I have show stand up shows at the Brea Improv and Levity Live in Oxnard, California, the next two weekends. So just Google that shit and find it and then come see me. Wouldn't that be nice? Be nice to see you. April Richardson will be there. Mike Furman will be there. But let's talk about this podcast, episode 931. This is Danai Gurira, my friend, Walking Dead superstar and now film superstar. All right. So The Walking Dead is back February 25th on AMC at 9 p.m., uh, of course, followed by Talking Dead. And uh, Black Panther is phenomenal. And she is phenomenal in it, like a legit... Movie star she rules in this movie, and I am not just saying that because I get excited about lots of things and denies my friend. She is legitimately spectacular in this film, and also she 's a, a a brilliant playwright she 's a wonderful, wonderful person and uh, and I think you will enjoy this podcast with her she 's super fun and funny, and uh, I for every reason really, really, really am inspired by and look up to deny. So I'm so glad she took some time to come chat with me on the ID10T podcast while uh, she was in town promoting Black Panther. This episode of the ID10T podcast also is sponsored by Squarespace. So postage rates have gone up again. So let's stamps.com keep your rates down with postage discounts up to 40%. Discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com saves you $0.03 on every letter you send. Pay 2016 prices for 2018 stamps. $0.03 might not sound like a lot, but if you're mailing a lot of stuff, it does add up. It really It will add up to dollars in no time, especially throughout the course of a year. So just use stamps.com to automatically calculate and print the correct amount of postage for every letter or package you send. Uh, Stamps.com makes it easy. They're going to send you a digital scale to automatically calculate exact postage, and they're going to help you decide the best class of mail based on your needs. Anything you can do at the post office, you can do right now from your desk with Stamps.com, except getting yelled at by strangers. I use, well, I guess you can get that on the internet too. So if you still want that experience, just go to any chat thread or forum. Right now, you can enjoy the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four week trial plus postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in ID10T. That is ID, the number 10, and T. You'll get used to it. That's Stamps.com. Enter ID10T. Thanks to Stamps for being a long-running sponsor of this podcast, which is episode 931. Danai Gurira, Katie Levine. Please roll the thing. Initiating ID10T Protocol. about <laughs> LA history is kind of funny because it it's like there's some stuff you know the way the city is now there's some stuff in the late 1800s but really most of the time like 19 teens and 20s is is the majority of what old is in this part of the country mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so it's kind mm-hmm. of a joke to the rest of the country in the world we're like we're so this house so old it's like 1928 that's still
0: kind of old though
1: yeah, but you know, it's not. It, it, I'm
0: a New Yorker too, so I'm yeah. like, but I, I still think 19, 1920s is an old ass building. Come on.
1: It is, but you know, you go to parts of New England where it's like, ah, 1680. You're like, all right. All right, you win. Can't compete with that. What about these chairs? These uh, they're are all vintage chairs. They're, they're all so
0: amazing. They're all
1: vintage chairs. Every pretty much everything in the house is antique. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can tell you. Oh
0: my god! You've got to ha- you've got to have Nicotero over.
1: Well, he yeah, that is a prop from Twenty Eight Days Later.
0: Oh wow! Yeah,
1: Lydia bought that prop from Twenty Eight Days Later.
0: Oh, she and Nicotero get get along with it like a house on fire. They
1: know they 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 do they do text stuff that they get. get okay,
0: they're they're connected.
1: Yeah, he has some haunted mansion wallpaper that we were trying to find, and so we were texting pictures back and forth.
0: Have you? You've got to see his house next time you're in Georgia. You've got to go see his peach tree house.
1: I absolutely. He will. has the
0: little exorcist girl.
1: Like oh yeah, we when, we have one too. Oh my! God. But I think he might have. <laughs> Does he have a mold of the original one? He might. He might. Ours was just was one that was made for Universal Studios, so it's not original, but it's terrifying.
0: Yeah, he, it's, his is terrifying. You're like in his like big like screening room, and then you go up to the top of the stairs, and she's sitting there. <laughs> 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 it's
1: like, oh my god, Nick Do you collect anything?
0: It? Oh God! What an interesting question. I like little tiny clutch bags, you know, made of cloth and kind of cool print.
2: Nice. That's really
1: sad. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, you know, what, you know why? Because what's difficult is that when you are uh, a nonstop working actor, the way you are, you like, where, when, where do you have time to like nest permanently in a place and really? Yeah be able to fill it out with stuff.
0: I know. Well, I've spent the last couple of days with um, an organ- my organizer. I haven't been in my Atlant- my LA place for so long so I've just been in Atlanta flat out. So I just spent two days with her just trying to... And people crash in my apartment a lot. They're like, oh, Denai, are you there? Can I crash for a month? You know, so <laughs> people are in my apartment a lot. They're not me. And I I went there. I was like, okay, I don't even know whose apartment this is. Like, I don't recognize... Like, I guess these are clothes I used to wear. I guess... This- you know what I mean? Like, I had to just, just purge purge and mm-hmm. and cleanse and get so many things reorganized and so that's what i've been doing for the last few days and uh and we've got buckets of like
1: just stuff that's going to Goodwill, and you know do you have a process for getting rid of stuff
0: well you know because my organizer's great because um she kind of taught me how to do it so I, I can do a lot of it by myself now like i can just look at i look at my wardrobe and i like i don't like that i'm looking at clothes i never wear i don't like that right They are not meant to be mine anymore. And I just go... Like Tasmanian devil. Now, I used to not do that. I used to be very like... You know, God bless her, but like my mom. Where it's like, you know, you hold on to things. and You're a little bit of a hoarder. You hold on. I don't do that. I let it. I'm like...
1: It feels so good to let go of stuff. It is amazing how much you will tell yourself... Well, someday I might... Like, no matter how weird the thing is... Yeah. Someday I might need these, you know pool flippers if you haven't used them in five years it is unlikely that you will be in a situation where someone goes quick i need pool flippers i
0: know and that's why you need an organizer because she is though that that other pair of eyes and ears and she's looking at you like it's kind of nasty it's like it's covered in (laughs) stuff now well that's what stains on it the
1: problem is emotion like when you when you put emotion into stuff when you put too much emotion into stuff and an organizer has no emotion about any of your things. Exactly. So can go exactly. Empirically, do you use this? No. You don't need to have this anymore.
0: Exactly. When was the last time you touched
1: this thing? Well, but I look at it. Yeah, I know no. it's there. I like knowing it's there. No. I like you knowing all my it. stuff You don't need it. You can get something else.
0: Like It's like she's great. Like Then you're just like, okay. So now I sort of have her in my system. You start to get it. Like, it becomes a little infectious. Thank right. goodness. And so I can sort of do quite a bit by myself.
1: But she came in and uh, we got really into it. This is good, and we've been recording, by the way. Just so you know, this is we already started. All oh, right, I figured. Yeah, because it just feels weird to go. It is now time to start the conversation. I know. And then I someone know. goes, oh, I better, you know, put myself together. I better put myself together emotionally so I can present together, so this myself is great. Like, in a I'll way. Just keep going. <laughs> I had so much fun hanging I know, out with you that was so and fun. Coleman. It's did fun we then. get
0: that? Um, did, did that video come out of you going getting caught by the? You know. The Gods of Dance? Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Oh, it went up. awesome. It went up.
0: That was hilarious.
1: I was overtaken by the power of Boz Skaggs. Oh
0: possessed. Just became possessed.
1: It was really cool. That was Yacht Rock. You know, AMC, they did uh, the party the night before, they had the B-52s, mm-hmm. and then they had a Yacht Rock band the next night, and mm-hmm. both experiences were f- fantastic. They
0: were. They were really good picks. They were really good picks, and there were songs I didn't even know I knew From the B 52s. Like, I didn't know
1: that I knew those songs, but I know those songs well. Fred Schneider still got it, by the way.
0: I there actually... goes on door wall.
1: Like, he still can do the Fred Schneider voice.
0: <laughs> he was awesome. I mean, they were all awesome. Because I was like, I watched them, I said, I think they're exactly who I want to be when I grow up. And I was like, I think I want to hang out with these guys. Because, I mean, they just have this, like, they're just having so much fun. They're yeah. still so in it. They're like, they have their own energy. Each one of them had a very dis- distinct energy, by yes.
1: the way. Yes, yes, they and
0: do. And like, they're still doing their thing. You know, it was it was really kind of inspiring
1: to watch them jam out. Yeah, it's Fred Schneider and Cindy Wilson and Kate Pearson. And, you know, they were just like a punk band, you You know, Athens, Georgia. Oh, is that where they're from? They're from Athens, yeah. Oh, wow. you know, started in the 70s. And then the 80s had a super kind of punk alternative, almost surf rock kind of vibe. And then in the 90s, they came out with, you know, this album, Cosmic Thing, which... You know, that that was the huge. Like that, those are all the songs that uh, everyone. Right. Oh, that
0: was in the '90s.
1: That was in the 90s. Ni- that was the uh-huh. late '80s, early '90s. Might have been late '80s, but it, but '90s. The early '90s is when it all really like exploded for them. Mm-hmm. But it, but I've always I was always fascinated by that story of you never know where your career is going to go. You, mm-hmm. as long as you're willing to adapt and do things that are exciting and try things, you know, like they. Just went from this punk band to, you know, hopefully being set for life to be able to keep doing whatever they want.
0: Well, their songs are still very, very well-known and out there. I've heard their songs a lot, so that's really cool.
1: But the older songs are weird because they're not so... You know, like the newer, the the more the, the '90s ones were more hook driven, mm-hmm. and the older ones are so they're
0: kind of performance pieces. Performance
1: pieces. That's yeah, exactly right. Which
0: I loved. I was like, "This is cool. This is like Rocky Horror Picture Show type That's stuff." That's exactly right. It was like it's interesting. That's what you know. Artists are having a real good blast. You were know, you, they're not trying to please nobody. Were you it's ever cool. in a band? Huh? Were you ever? In a uh, band?
1: <laughs> no.
0: No. Actually, ah. I did. I was in this little acapella group when I was in high school. And we'd sing at, like, different little events and things. Not really, about, where were we singing? We'd sing at, like, school events. Like, I went to Zimbabwe is very, like, single-sex schools. Mm-hmm. So I went to an all-girls school. But then there were two all-boys schools that we were really close to and we interacted with a lot. Um, and so it was us. Oh, no. Actually, he was from the other all-boys school. But he was a brother of one of the girls from my school. So there was just a little group of us. And we created this little... You know, we'd, basically we'd be singing covers, obviously,
1: mm-hmm.
0: of like you know, boys to men and whatnot, and we'd harmonize and you know, um,
1: yeah. Did your group have a name?
0: No, I don't think so. I think we just went around and sang at different places, like little um, events and stuff. I was actually the weakest link by far, <laughs> and um, this one time. Um, I actually nailed it and did a good job and then they, they, one, one of them came up to me and they were always really nice they never said anything to me about it and then they, one of them came up to me and they said oh my god Denai, you actually did it today you got the notes you did it and I was like really? so all this time I just been messing up y'all didn't said nothing See, wow
1: the, the more I get to know you the more I think the more I because I just have this picture of you of like oh Denai can do anything I oh can do no. any artistic thing oh, she can no. write Right. No. She can act. She can direct. Uh, she can sing. She can But no, when we were not no. dancing the night, you go, I don't have any moves. And I'm like, that's not true. I don't have any moves. <laughs> you had some moves. We well, have some evidence I have of your comedy moves. moves. You had some moves. I that have, was a move. I have it's a comedy move though. That
0: was a move. I it, mean like I can dance if I if, the, if if it hits me right. You know what I mean? Like I can't like when I was hanging out with like the folks from Black Panther, we'd go dancing and stuff, I'd be like, Okay. 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 All right. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Like I gotta warm up into it, and I'm around these amazing dancers, and you know the the ladies who are like our uh, my Dormilaje army. Or half of them are dancers. Yes. You know what I mean. And the other half are just you know rhythm, rhythm rhythm rhythmically blessed or whatever. And like you know Lupita's an astounding dancer, and we're all like. So I'm sort of getting there. I'm sort of like uh, okay. I'm catching it. I'm catching it. caught it. <laughs> then I have it for maybe 20 minutes, and then it slips away, and then I get it back. You know, it's an ebb
1: and a flow. God, I to stay and I, I left for the the saddest reason which is you know, I started. I started getting like tinnitus last year. Like going to loud things, my ears would ring for weeks at a time. Oh, and it, that's bad. And it's not fun. No. And no, so, no. at a certain point, and I was like, "Shit, I should have brought. I should have brought earplugs, like uh, an old person." No, uh, and, no. Uh, and no so, it's I real. Know it's point. real.
0: I, I have. I've had the ear ringing thing too, not for weeks. That would. Oh my god. Yeah. But I've had that, and it's no joke.
1: So yeah, no, we understood. Okay, good.
0: We did understand. Coleman, we were sad
1: to see you go. Coleman Domingo also was. Uh,
0: oh, Coleman Domingo. Coleman
1: you <laughs> <laughs> got it now. That's good. Uh, well we we play, you played it in the car good. from the musical that you
0: I did. I did, I did. Passing strange. Stu. Oh my god. You can't. you can't you can't even you can't do anything but just repeat and imitate that man. He's so good.
1: Coleman is Coleman another like super talented guy. Oh God, like, oh, I, yeah, you know,
0: and he's actually – and, and he, he does sing. He, he writes, and he and acts. sings, and he dances, yes. and, and he dances.
1: And, and he's also just so lovely. He he and Raúl are he's just awesome. the loveliest, yeah. the loveliest Sweetheart, people. And they so they came awesome. away with us on vacation last year.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Nice. We had a
1: group of people come, and we had been. Where'd had, you go? Um, My wife, my wife's family has a ranch that we went to, and so we just just took them them there, and they were great. Was they're just so sweet? They are, and 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 it's it's a larger thing about I don't know what it is about the Walking Dead universe in particular, but everyone's really nice. Like it's just like a nice, (laughs) it's just like a nice group. It feels like I mean, you know, I'm not isn't that
0: like it is everywhere? I mean, I can't imagine it's
1: different in other places. I think it is different in other places. I, I, I do, but maybe it's. Maybe maybe some of it is also, besides the fact that everyone just seems pretty cool, I would imagine when you're, because now, now Atlanta is becoming like a real, yes, you a know, hub. A, a real entertainment hub. But when Walking Big Dead time. started, it was, that was just kind of creeping in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it just, I, I imagine it's like you're out in the middle of Georgia, mm-hmm. you're all there together, mm-hmm. you probably want to figure out how to all, you know, like hang out and be friends because mm-hmm. you're isolated from the rest of the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I think I think, you know, I wasn't there at the very beginning, but I think it was this beautiful a uh, thing about these really fantastic actors that were were picked in the beginning, and I think they set they set a very particular foundation. The sort of the sort of, and I watched it when I was I finally had to watch it when I was auditioning for it because I'm scared of stuff. So <laughs> when I watched it, I just felt that I felt a very particular energy. I felt the spirit of the thing, as my clown teacher would say. Yeah. And it was just the spirit of the thing was um it was just right. They were there for the work and mm-hmm. they were giving their all to the work, kind of like great. You know, like great theater does. You yes, know? you feel that thing, and then you want to be like. I was like, I want to be a part of that. Like, but like, I, it wasn't surprising to me that they were all amazing people, and that it was like really nice, grounded people because you can sort of feel it. Yes, by how they approached the work, it was so committed and generous, and um, and just alive in a way that that just felt like it was coming from a humble place. Yeah, and I think that that um, and then of course having andy lincoln be who he is kind of like kind of the kindest hardest kindest hearted person i have ever come across in my life i think that um and the most you know grounded at the same time i think of course you know he's the leading man and i just think that i do think we have the best leading man on
1: television it's pretty it's pretty great but that that season that season two finale the michonne reveal with the pets and the shadow like you know where uh where Andrea's down on the ground, and then Michelle. Because obviously, I read the comics, and that was a. I legitimately jumped off the couch. I was like, "Holy shit!" I mean, you know, because
0: well, so did I. Because I was that, was that
1: wasn't me. That was you. <laughs> I didn't. Don't think I knew that. No,
0: you know, I got cast after that. Um, and you know, oh, no. Well, actually, I got cast after they shot that, didn't but before that. they aired it. Got it. So what they did was um, they. The, the weekend, they, they they had to cast a Michonne <laughs> the weekend that aired because now I, she was introduced. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, they would have shot that in November, but it aired in, like, March, April. Yeah. And so it was, I think it was on your show where yeah. basically um Kirkman and uh, the then uh, showrunner Glenn Mazzara were like, and our Michonne is. Yes. And they were, with, they were there with Lori Holden. And that was kind of when I was introduced. But I had only been cast on... Friday night. That oh was God. Sunday. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but so, so that was a stunt double. That's why you didn't see her... Big reason why you didn't see her face.
1: Well, it I never occurred to me. I just thought it was for dramatic effect, and it totally... It worked, it yeah. Totally, it was so totally, smart. Totally it
0: was so smart. And what what Glenn literally said to me was, you'll see the the strange way that we will introduce you on Sunday. Watch, yeah. Watch the show. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> I learned how I was introduced with you. That's
1: hilarious. I learned who I was with you. And, and then, of course... It, cuz even back then even though that was like 5 years ago now but uh, almost 6 years yeah, ago yeah 6 yeah but uh, but just the idea was it was it weird when you when you heard about what talking dead was were you like well that's weird why would someone talk about it what the fuck is yeah, that yeah i
0: was like what is this is this something we have to take seriously <laughs> but they were like they're like have like if i was like i don't know who told me this but they were like get everything like, if you have any sort of online presence, like, let's say, a, oh, yeah. a match profile right, or sure. eHarmony, get rid of it before Friday night. I was like, why? I only started shooting in April. Not that I had anything. Right. Um,
2: but, but I was
0: like, I only started shooting in April. And they were like, well, Talking Dead. I was like, Talking Dead? What Why would someone do that?
1: that? What a silly <laughs> idea.
0: No, at first I was like, what is that? And then I got to understand. I mean, one episode, and I, I watched, of course, that episode. And I was like, oh. Oh, okay.
1: I get what it is. I get it. Yeah, you just, you just go on a talk. And that's yeah. it. That's pretty much. Yeah, it made perfect sense. But there's so much, you know, And when I emailed you to ask you to come on the podcast, I was I was so excited to have to... Because as a creator, you do so many different types of things. And, and they're all very big things to manage between, you know, Walking Dead and Black Panther, but also being a playwright and writing this Tony Award winning play that Lupita was in. I mean, it, it it's... It, I, I'm interested to kind of find out how your brain compartmentalizes and where you how, – how you're sort of diverting your creative energy because all of those things require an immense amount of focus and, and creative energy.
0: I think it's something I'm still figuring out but um, it, I guess it's like – Oh god. You tell me you do about 4000 things yourself.
1: I do, but I don't I don't but but I but when someone's but when I hear like playwright I go, "Oh fuck, that's a big one." Because
0: <laughs> it
1: is it, you know,
0: it, it, what, It's it's a, it is. It's hard. Sometimes I I actually like right now they're rehearsing one of my plays in, in DC and I will be anywhere. I'll be chilling with you without in so I'll be wherever and I'm going, "Okay, so in that scene I really think you should think about" and I'm, t- I'm texting the director like, like let go <laughs> then I um but um yeah it is cuz it's like they're your they're really like your children. Um so it's and you spend a long time creating them. So it's hard to just let let them go.
1: I mean I I have a series of part-time jobs that all come together to form a full-time job but but a show like The Walking Dead and that ca- that single camera schedule where it's like, well, one day you could shoot from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. or 9 p.m. to, you know, 11 a.m. You just don't know mm-hmm. what your schedule is going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. in- especially a show like this, which is not light fare. Mm-hmm. You're constant, almost constantly emotional, almost constantly swinging katana, running around. Mm-hmm. That it... The dr- That that drain It just feels like How do you have Any energy left To do anything
0: um, Yeah I mean I think the The drive in, in it all Is sometimes Like I have to Like you just You know you, You're just like I have to get that done Like I have to Complete that thing Like for me It's like I cannot Have started something And not finish it Yes And if it's something That like with plays If they just My play ideas They just sit on me Like a weight And they're like Hello Get me done. And then I'm stupid <laughs> enough to get theaters involved. So then they're like, hello. And so that's great, actually, because then you're being pushed to the finish line. Yes. And then you have, you know, they, they want to cast and they want, you know, they want to put it in the seat. They, they read a first draft. They're like, let's develop this. Let's get it going. Let's do this. When are you free? And so all of a sudden you're just, it's like you're on a train of collaboration. Yes. And that um, that's a big part of it as well. But it's also because, I don't know, like my last play was probably the hardest one I've ever written. And it was basically inspired by my family, ironically. And um, it was very difficult to write. Um, I think it was because I had so much story and I had to find a way to make it muscular. Mm-hmm. And it was very difficult. Like it took me a couple of years and, and like uh, uh, one one production in by this end of the – by the day before the press came out, the second production, I I I, I think I'd be found what I called It's David, which is sort of like – um, it's this thing that um was said actually by this very cool pastor, which is kind of like, you know, with Michelangelo, he had this huge – you know piece of
1: marble. Yeah, and he saw the David inside. Yeah,
0: but and then they said how did you get to the date? How did you make that? And he was like I just chipped away everything that wasn't the David. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: And so like that was kind of my whole thing that was driving me to get to the to getting my play to the place where all the stuff that wasn't it was chipped away. And the problem with plays is that they they start to consume you yeah. and take over you and say I am the telling you what the story is now mm-hmm. and you have to invest in me deeply enough for for you to hear what it is right so it's it, it that was a real mother of a journey because it was like well oh, this is about family I know this story so well I know so many of these stories so well how can I but it was like so interesting that that was like kind of the trickiest
1: birth well yeah because it's really hard when you're really close to stuff because yeah. it it starts to when you're super close to stuff you kind of don't know like well am I too emotional about this? Are people going to understand this? How am I, is this the right, do I have the right perspective on this? Because right. you almost don't have that third-person perspective on stuff that's that close to your. Oh yeah,
0: heart. and that's when that's when the collaborators, that's when they all come in and they let you know.
1: <laughs> it's like the organizers, like the closet organizers. Right. They have exactly. to help you chip away.
0: Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. And they're like, meh, meh. yeah, meh. But then yeah, the greatest know. thing, one of the greatest things the directors ever said to me was Emily Mann. She's um, she's also a playwright. That's really helpful that she's a playwright and a director and she's the head of Micarta Theater. And with my uh, th- uh, third play, uh, The Convert, she said to me Um, because I was sort of flailing in a lot of too much collaboration, which can happen. Can happen when you're getting too many voices, too Mm -hmm. many opinions in the room. And she said the best thing to me ever. She said only, it wasn't, she it, she loved it, but it wasn't there. It wasn't where it needed to be. The David had not been shipped out. It was just kind of a Dave. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was still Dave. Hey. Um, and, um, you know, he had a bit of a pot belly. Yeah, a know? little pot belly. Yeah, it was like. <laughs> Love handles. You know, towel to... <laughs> around his waist. Exactly. Like, yeah, dripping wet. Um, Stupid. <laughs> um, and so she said to me, she just said to me, only you know how this play works. And sometimes that's just so, such a simple thing to hear, but it's that reminder that you have to birth this thing. And I think when I realized that, like when I hear when I heard that, I cut everybody out, mm-hmm. and then I cut out the time. And that's the thing, I guess, to answer your question is like cutting out the time to be like I, I I've heard everybody's thoughts, and now I have to figure out how this engine works, you know, and um and how to get it to the place where it is its own David, whatever that is. Right. And um and so that's when you just get driven. Like I remember like. Writing a very it's a very kind of to me it was a very controversial monologue it was like but suddenly I was finding like the lexicon of this world and I was hearing it you know it sounds spooky but it's real like you start to hear the characters you start you stop forcing them to speak they start to speak and then you sort of start and I was like it was like three in the morning and suddenly I had this gush you know what I mean mm-hmm. so once that sort of starts taking over you kind of it kind of insists on you making room for it right you know um, and it's it's been it's become harder and harder to write. I won't lie as things have gotten more intense with other parts of my life. Right. And so it is about like, um, creating what someone called a rule of life. Like, where, where do you make sure it fits? Like, right. where do you make sure? And the, the great thing is I have an, a very vibrant and insistent theater community that are like, so you wanted to do a reading of that place because so you, you're thinking about a- adapting it. So we're thinking mid-February. <laughs> you know, like, and they're on you. And it's great because then it's like this is, that this re- keeps that engine going and you make space for it. Sure. You know, the, uh, uh, it's, it's a community. It takes a village, basically. Basically it takes a village. There's a great um there's a great uh women's retreat off the coast of of Seattle uh, called Hedgebrook. It's for women writers, and it's got these cute little like Hansel and Gretel looking like cottages, and mm-hmm. everyone has their own cottage. And then they go into the main house for dinner together, and and they get they have little baskets, and they you know they have all this organic food from the organic garden, and you put your little lunch in your basket, and you go over to your cottage and write. And so they've invited me to come back there for March, and I know I'll get a ton done. But they, you know, that's when your your village comes to you and reminds you. You know, and some of them are really unimpressed about my acting. They're just like, they're like, you're a playwright, you're a playwright. So what are you going to be done with the zombie thing? Yeah, yeah, And come and be a playwright all it's the fun time. To play
1: dress up, but when exactly? Are you, uh... Like,
0: what are you doing again?
1: Head of the <laughs> I know the wig and the sword. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. she will remain nameless, but
0: with the a the very head of a the big theater. She's like, well, so what is this you doing? You're still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so when are you going to get this? But you're a writer,
1: Danai. You're a
0: playwright. You know, like they remind you of it's who pretty, you are.
1: I mean, playwright's pretty highbrow. It is pretty <laughs> highbrow. But, you know, also because you, you know, where if you're in a movie or a television show, it's like, oh, you you know, they, they they know what they want, but they shoot a bunch of stuff. Whatever works, they don't cut it out. But, you, but with a play, it really – with any kind of live performance – it really is kind of a conversation with the audience you have you have mm-hmm. this idea in your head I imagine that you go I think this is how this works mm-hmm. and you put it in front of people and you go Ah, oh, the audience doesn't necessarily think that's how mm-hmm. it works so do you listen to the audience to form a relationship with them or and edit appropriately or do you go no nope, this is what it is you know don't no like no
0: it. I'm always willing to edit appropriately but I mean the great thing about with, with theater is that you don't have um, you don't get in front of an audience for a long time your audience are people that are pretty safe and aren't going to write a review Right. <laughs> you know for a long time, you're, you're, you're watching it in front of, um, you know, you're watching other people listen to it, um, around a table in, in development processes. Like with my last play, I can't, I mean, I did like five, six workshops of it you know at least wow and then you know and then of course there's the the rehearsal process um and so that's where also you hear a lot and think a lot but it, ironic what's funny is that last play yeah i, I you do kind of sit and watch the honest first previews because you have about depending on the theater you can have 10 to 20 previews where you're i can still be tweaking a script yeah and having audiences at night and the previews only stop once of course the press comes and so um I, You know, you can sit and sort of watch and see how people are going to respond to it and then, you know, or how they're responding to something if something isn't making sense. And you're like, does that make sense? Let me go think about that and let me think if I can clear it up or bounce it off somebody. And, you know, my last play was like right up until the last preview. This woman I really love, she's the um, associate head of the public theater in New York, Mandy Hackett. And she came and I was like, okay, break it down because she's amazing and she was like this was a bit of a red hanger herring and this was blah, blah, blah. and I was like you're so right and I get on the phone and I'm like guys we need that rehearsal we had two hours left of rehearsal we had two hours left oh my god um, before they were like no more rehearsals now the play is open and I was like I need those two hours I know we said we didn't need the two hours I need the two hours and my director's like well I'm I was like, no, 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 we need the two hours. I need to put these things in. And it was like, you know, so it was right to the end. If I hear a good note, I'm I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not one of those folks. I totally, and I do that with my acting too. If I get a good note on acting and a great idea, I'm like, oh my God, thank you. And I'll I'll do it. Like, I mean, or I'll go into finding that. You know what I mean? So no,
1: I'm not one of those. Are you ever, could you ever be in one of your plays?
0: You know, my first play was a two-hander that I co-created in grad school. And then it sort of rolled into this sort of... Off-Broadway hit But um, I don't want to do that again (laughs) (laughs) Um, It became this thing Where my co-creator Was um, My uh, Nicole Salter She was someone I was in grad school with And in my class And so we basically had to we became the face and the writers of this show mm-hmm. and so we were we were off broadway for a long time then we then all these theaters had like slotted us into their year or so or the seasons we were all over there then we were in europe and then we were in africa and then we were back in the states for more and then we went back in africa then they wanted us back to do another and we were like nah we <laughs> said okay no, thanks. we wrote this actually for other black girls to have something to pick up and do and we don't want to be the only ones doing it. Right. So let some other girls do it, you know? It was about, like, um, the issue of um, two women uh, in totally different places. One here in Los Angeles, where she's from, and one in, in Zimbabwe, where I'm from. Um, the weekend, like, my character was, like, married with a kid and a newscaster. Her, char- her character was kind of a, a tricky teen. Mm-hmm. And they both find out. They never meet, but they both find out they have HIV. And then they have to navigate the weekend of just before diagnosis to just before the first attempt, of, attempt to disclose. So we sort of take the audience through that by playing a bunch of characters. So yeah, we kind of got branded a bit for doing that because it was a very, you know, it was a very particular type of performance piece, which was full of kind of laughter and tears and everything, you mm-hmm. know, and so, you know, it, was, it sort of became this thing where they thought, no, these two women are the only two who can do these roles. I was doing a bunch of char- characters out of Zimbabwe. She was doing a bunch of characters out of LA. And it was like, no, 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 please, we're done take it, let other people do it. Yeah. And so that's the only time. And after that, I said, I, I want to be the sort of playwright who sits and watches, makes sure it's all good, sees opening night, feels good, and leaves.
1: <laughs> and goes and writes another play. Right,
0: or whatever, yeah. you know? And then knows that, oh, it's going on every night. And I don't have to be there, but it's going on. But I did all the blood, sweat, and tears, and now I let people enjoy performing it.
1: Is any part of what you're writing, do you feel a responsibility to... Create the types of roles that you don't see.
0: Absolutely, I mean that's why that's why I started writing. I was it really was necessity being the mon- mother of invention. Like I couldn't, I was like you know I was a black girl from Zimbabwe, and um, you know I was looking for monologues and things like that. My first play is all monologue. In the Continuum is is these two characters talking to people that you can't see. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, we, I, I don't like, mo- like so, it's not like soliloquy monologue, you know, I'm not, I'm not Shakespeare, but it's like the sort of, you know, monologues <sighs> where it's like kind of mono dialogue. Sure. And, um, you know, the, the, one of the coolest things I've, I've experienced was when the first time a girl came up to me and said, I used uh, a, a monologue from In the Continuum to get into Juilliard. Oh my God. And I'm like, that that was the point like that was the point oh. because i couldn't find things to get up and 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 perform that were that connected to anything culturally specific to me and it was very hard to find that and so it was like i know this is not just hard for me i know it's hard for a lot of girls yeah. and um you know as much as i adore shakespeare and moliere and you know chekhov and you know all of you know <laughs> The amazing Shaw. I love those. You know, I love those dead white dudes. I adore them. <laughs> um, I really do, though. But like, you know, and and even the modern guys. But it's 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 that thing where you're trying to. It's like I want these. I want girls to be able to pick up stuff that they like. Okay, this feels close to me. Right. You know, and that was really why I started writing.
1: And is it was it kind of fun to? When I, mean, I guess technically, with Lupita, like you're. Sort of her employer in one sense, but then your co stars in Black Panther at the same time? Like, are you.
0: I'm not her employer. Ain't nobody employ Lupita, but Lapita. Okay. <laughs> what are you talking I mean, about? You wrote,
1: you wrote a play, the play that, that she was in that you wrote, which got nominated for two Tonys. Six, but yeah. Six? It, it's okay. You won. I know. I know you won. One. I know you
0: won one. No. Yes. Our amazing um, costume designer. He won. And then, um, then uh, there were three acting nominations, director and best play. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah. No. I mean, yeah. That was a were you serious friends blessing. You? We were. She was. Uh, she had been at Yale when it was first done at Yale in two thousand and nine. Yale has this thing where their MFA students understudy. The, um, the, 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 the plays in the big production house. Mm-hmm. And so she had understudied the role she ended up playing six years later on oh, Broadway. Wow. I know. And she just loved the play. We all became buddies from then. And I'd known her, I'd met her briefly before. And it was very funny because I went to Tish. I'm a Tish girl, but I've done, like almost all my plays have been uh, produced at, at Yale, so I spent a lot of time at Yale, and I was commissioned by them, et cetera. Eyebrow, so, going back to No, no, no. People, well, people think I went to Yale. I'm like, no, I went to Tish. They're like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, Tish is amazing. <laughs> In fact, they're they're very close. They're competitive with each other. Um, and so, you know, Tish. The thing is, Tish lost its its master acting teacher, Ron Van Lu, to Yale. So they came and took him and mm. dangled something before yeah. him, and um, and so she was then just about to go into grad school, and she auditioned, and they all were like, "This chick is luminous." So they were fighting for her like the girl is mine. So then, basically, they do you know the exact image I'm talking
1: about? I I pictured the uh, Paul McCartney Stevie Wonder exactly. Song. Yeah. Not yeah. Stevie
0: Wonder, it's Michael
1: Jackson. Oh, Michael Jackson, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, no, no, no I, was, I was thinking of Ebony and I. Yeah, 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 yeah. Girl? Michael yeah. Jackson. Yeah yeah. It just, yeah, yeah. Did you see that? The doggone girly. Exactly. Who said doggone was a good word for a song? <laughs> about it's, a girl. it's not a great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But by, by the way, <laughs> no one is, seems to be considering what the girl wants in this I know. song. Even, even
0: in, the, in the little picture of them, them fighting for her, it's like they're both holding her arms. Yeah. It's like, does she have a say in this? Just asking. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> So yeah, that that's kind of what was going on, and they um, they called in all the Tish was going hard. They called in all the African alums, and they said talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so I remember talking to her, and I said, well, "What do you want?" And She was like, "Well, I, you know, I want to do yeah, you know, I want to do stuff like you do, and do this and this and this." I was like, "Then go to Tish." Tish won't do that. I was like, "What am I doing?" I'm like this Tish advert, you know. It was so hilarious. But, but she ended up going to Yale. She didn't
1: listen to me. She didn't listen to you at all. But You know, it seems like things worked out just <laughs> I fine. I think Things
0: worked out okay. Things I think things... she. I think she made you know. She's she she, good she, choices. She can just you know get by. She's you know. done all right. She's you know so you know.
1: I really think she's gonna have a future. I think she'll business. be all right. She she, like she,
0: she might be, she might be fine. she's gonna be okay. You know yeah.
1: I mean, it is, you know, coming from a theater background, and then, even though you said, like, the, uh, you know, the playwright community is like, you're a playwright, this is a theater, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, you know, Walking Dead, Black Panther, superhero genre, this horror genre... It is very theatrical in a sense. Like it, that's true. It it does it does seem like it's that's true. E- even though the even though the mediums are different, mm-hmm. it does sort of feel like there's a certain spiritual aspect that's very you know very mm-hmm. of that kind of theater world. Mm-hmm.
0: That's very true, and and it's it's been great because I mean I've been able to the people I've worked around have really amazing storytelling you know, abilities and focuses. They're not trying to make something just, like, skimming by. They're trying right. to go in. They're trying to go deep. They're trying to tell a serious, like, deep, real story, the sort of story that lasts and stays and, you know, resonates and all of that. And um, that's what I've been able to experience with, like, Ryan and with, you know, Gimple. You know, they they really are anchoring real storytelling in yeah. a really powerful way. So – and it's true. I mean, there is something, you know, that epicness of those types of genres. There is something, you know, It's, it's you, you have to – there is something theatrical about it. I've never even thought about that, but it's, you're, you know, you're
1: right. Because you you're do right. have, because you also have to take this thing that it, where it's like whether it's zombies or whether it's you know you're in you know these insane costumes, and you still have to somehow ground that. And sell it to an audience and go, I know everything around me looks very far fetched. Right. But there's still a nugget yeah. of humanity and there's still yeah, truth yeah. in here. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's what I have to convey.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to and that's what I loved when I watched, you know, um, when I watched The Walking Dead and and when I've watched Marvel movies, like the you know, there's something so grounded in something very real and rich and then it's surrounded by these epic components. You know yeah. what I mean? And and that's that's where you have to start.
1: Like, that's totally where you have to start is the truth of the thing.
0: You know, finding the truth of the thing because otherwise
1: what are you doing? You know? What do you do if you can't, if you keep banging your head against it like, oh, I, it's there but I just, I'm not seeing it yet. Uh, in what context? In any context. Like, if you're, if it's writing or if it's acting or if you're in a, you know, if you're if there's a scene or there's something and you just can't get to, you know, it's like, I, I have an idea of what this is, but I still don't know what the ultimate truth of this thing is. So how do I get the message across?
0: Um. Well, two things. If you don't know the have the idea of the ultimate truth, I tend to go to the writer. Because I'm kind of, one of those people who, like, I believe whatever... Needs to be known is in the hands of the writer mm-hmm. because they're birthing the narrative. Sure, and so um, because I think that that's where everyone should come when they're trying to figure out my plays. <laughs> come to me. What
1: are you doing? Well, I see where this is going.
0: But um, but I, that's what I tend to do. So like I will go and spend a lot of time with the writer. I'll spend a lot of time. If I'm like you know I'll text Gimple. I'm like I'm not sure what this is. Help me out. And he always does. Like then I'm like ah ah ah. ah. Right. Or you know you know of course working very collaboratively with with Ryan over um, over Black Panther you know, very deeply collaborating and, and understanding what the story was and what we were getting at. So like that, that's one of the key things that I have to do. I have to spend time understanding the intent. Then if I still need to get there, I mean, there are a few ways, <laughs> but um, one of them, you know, before it gets a little desperate, because it can get desperate very but one of the ways is finding your as-if, they say, in acting. So what is that thing that the stake is that high for your character? Um, what, what would be the equivalent of that for you? Or for something that you feel would makes, really resonates for you? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. And that's what you got to use, whatever you got to use. But you're trying to allow your character to have – you're trying to connect to the emotional life your character is experiencing yeah. at, the, at the stakes that, it's experience, that they're experiencing it. So whatever it takes to get to that place yeah. is what you employ. It might be stuff later.
1: You're like, dang, did I really imagine that happening to so-and-so? You know, whatever. Sure. But it's like
0: you you have to go for the character. It's like it doesn't matter.
1: Well, early on in Walking Dead, I remember I said something to you about like, Michonne's very even and she seems to come from this one place. And you're like, ah, oh, she's – she's emotional <laughs> – there's just stuff that's just not, like, you seem, you're like, oh, no, but she just, and then, and then she very much evolved. Like, you started to see all the stuff that you were talking about early on, but it seemed like in the beginning you wanted to get there faster than the show wanted her to get there. Of course
0: I did. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, why doesn't she talk? I'm a talker, and I talk good. Me talk pretty. So why can't she talk, too? You know? So, you know, but um, it was, it was, what was cool was when I did start, her voice was so different from mine, when I, when I really would. Click into her. I'm like, man, she doesn't. Matter. And her voice started to open up, but in the beginning, it was kind of this lower, raspier thing. And I'm like, who is that? Like, it was just she was just a different chick from me. Yeah. And like my sister was like, this one moment you had in the, talking about the whole of season three. It's like there's this is one moment where I saw you. Like it was this one tiny moment, and I was like, that's well, good then. Right. F it Like if that's if you don't if my own sister doesn't see me for an entire season, <laughs> and she sees this other chick, that's good. Yeah. I mean, because I, I was working against how Danai would want to express things. Right. I'm like, I'd be like, okay, y'all so there 's this dude called calls himself Governor, and he 's on the road. You know what I mean like I would have like I would have like and she doesn 't do that she wouldn 't do that. you know she was very guarded yeah. and um it was very interesting to find that it was frustrating because some people not you but some people saw her nuances early what? but others <laughs> what, what I just, I believe. But, um, but like it was like there, there there was that um some like some people said to me you can see these moments where she's just, she's she's cracking and then she's pulling it back and that's kind of what was happening there were times where yeah i would do takes where i would crack all the way and then they wouldn't use that right and it was like i could sort of see what they were doing they were preserving that for a different time period right when she would like open up right and it wasn't the time but for me how i wanted to see her girl <laughs> i was like she can crack right here real good but like you know that that was good i mean it was good ultimately for her arc that she was that guarded and cut off um and, you know, there was there was a lot of rage going on inside her. And a, and the rage was just from hurt. Sure. But, um, you know, and that caused her to, to be someone who was really... And it's also from fear. I don't want to open up. I open up and I'm stuck with that for the rest of, you know, dealing with the pieces. So, you know, she was cut off for a reason. And so... But that was frustrating. It was frustrating, but it was right. It was very right for
1: her. Uh, and I also want to say that being in the... Moderating the Black Panther panel at Comic-Con was... What you know? I I have a handful of mo- they're all like all Comic Con is always fun for me, but there's a handful of like of those really standout moments where I go ah and I was there when this happened. Like when they you know when they announced Batman versus Superman, people shit their pants. When they announced you know Deadpool, people lost their fucking minds. And Black Panther, when the footage played, was one of the craziest. I've ever seen Hall H get to the extent where because what I didn't know is I don't think any of you had seen the footage No, and I thought Chadwick had, Chad like his, had said like we hadn't seen this yet Yeah, and so when you guys watched it and it's like the chairs got knocked over and you guys were flipping out mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Hall H absorbed that energy
2: mm-hmm. and just how
1: fantastic the movie looked because mm-hmm. that's always the moment for the audience too is like they wanna like you know like I mean like they wanna like stuff you know not everything's gonna knock it out of the park so there's always that like high wire act mm-hmm. and then when it works then the audience is extra grateful like mm-hmm. oh thank God mm-hmm. oh thank God mm-hmm. and that was that moment from mm-hmm. from from, la- from the last uh, last summer
0: yeah I mean it's, I think it was it was even more to it than that I, um, a couple of the uh, Marvel execs were saying were telling me later that they were this woman really pushed her way into watching it because she could getting into the panel because it was full and yeah and she sat like right next to them she sat on the floor because she couldn't she was it was full and they said when when she was watching the footage they just watched her and she was like shaking and crying and hugging them afterwards and um i think that this realization that there's once again that thing where there is a hunger for this type of of, of, of representation mm-hmm. that i think has also hit something very um alive in people yeah and and i felt that in that in that hall age. it was pretty astounding you yeah. know uh that experience it was probably uh my most memorable experience at comic-con it well, was insane it was yeah amazing
1: and and and, and ryan Kugler, who it turns out is an incredibly nice guy oh he's amazing he's so sweet but that type of it's so interesting to see him do this kind of movie because he's a very intimate director. Yes. And like intimate storytelling and yes. then this the scale of this movie is so grand.
0: Yes. Yes, but he's, he, he created from a place of intimate storytelling. He created from a place of really understanding the logic of this world and the specifics of, you know, who these people are as towards each other and who who this, you know, what this world comprises and how it's, the history of it and, and the tensions of the past and the tensions of the present day. So it was all very intimate, you know, and then around it is, there's these epic elements that were just, that he really figured out a great, you know, if he, you see him talking, uh, him in the, um, um, amazing um, set designer. I um, mean, you know, the amazing Ruth Carter, who's the costume designer. You see, you see how they talk about how they figured out all the components of this world mm-hmm. and put them, put them to life. It was very intimate understandings of how a, a people would work. Yeah, you know, so it actually came from that same place for him, which is I think why it's so cohesive. And so absorbable so fast. When people see it, they kind of get – they get a lot very quickly because it's like it was so rooted in something very intimately designed. It wasn't like let's make something showy. No. It was like let's make something really deeply connected to a very specific people.
1: And that was attractive
0: to me, of course.
1: Did you have to audition for this? Because I feel like you could have been like – I'm probably a shoo-in. <laughs> You're right like, oh, I never. know how to wield a I would weapon. I never think like that. I know how to feel no. like I'm already trained more than most actors on how to do no. this
0: stuff, you guys. No, no, no. Um, no, to answer your question, uh, no, I wasn't thinking like that, but no, I did not audition. Now, what happened was, he didn't, he, you know, Ryan had never watched The Walking
1: Dead. All right. There's still a few people out there that haven't seen. He,
0: um, he, his brother's a big fan, but he'd never watched it. He had watched me in, at Sundance, same year as, um, Fruitvale came out. Mm -hmm. And I was at a lot of panels and stuff with, with Michael B. And uh, I never met Ryan though. Um, but I just loved him. I loved, I loved what he'd done, that he created this beautiful, amazing film right out of school. And I just love those types of stories. And, um, he, but he had seen me in in a film that I was the lead in called Mother of George that same year, and that's when he said I got to work with her. I mean, and then five years later, I get this: you have an offer for a Marvel movie. I was like, I have a what for a what? <laughs> I was like, whatever. Like, I didn't believe them at all. Like, I thought I told you, it was the night clips open. I totally thought my manager was was
1: was BS. I mean, it is insane that you. That you are, you have, you are two characters now that are a permanent fixture in. You will always have Machon in your life, and you will always have Okoye in your life. Because, especially with the Disney stuff, that'll get infused at Disneyland, and there'll be all sorts of stuff. And it's like these two very powerful universes you've now been cemented in, and uh, that's as a fan that is kind of amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of amazed by it. I'm just, I'm very thankful for it. You know, I'm very blessed by it. I just don't even, I mean, I don't, I tell you, like I tell you, I would never have thought of this for myself. Like, I would never have said, yeah, you know, when I start acting professionally, when I finish this MFA, I'm gonna get to be, you know, I mean, I it was, I never would have imagined <laughs> this is where um, I would have been allowed to come to. You but know? you never know where, where things you are You really gonna... don't, and that's, that's a real, like, when you put it, like, just how you put it, it's such a, a testament to that. Um, but I mean, it's so exciting that I, like, like the I'm so excited for for Black Panther in the sense that you know there's just so much about it that's just so universal, and I'm just so excited for people to see it, you know, and just sort of experience that. But I also think there's that that component of it that you know, I was just in Zimbabwe and South Africa uh, like two weeks ago. And they are so excited for this movie. And that was really touching um to go home. And see that sort of excitement, and you realize, yeah, well, Africa's never had a, like an epic story told on this scale. So right. it's, that that excitement it makes so much sense. And um, I was at my play; I have my little nonprofit. We have a playwrights conference, and and I was sitting in one of the rooms watching a, a playwrights uh, workshop, and two actresses got up, and one of them had the big. Um, uh, Cap, Captain America shield on her t shirt, <laughs> and the other one gets up and she has the the just Marvel on her t shirt with a, like the like four little Lego guys, you mm-hmm. know, like you know the Hulk and, and Iron Man and and uh, you know Thor, and I was just like, isn't this something? <laughs> like I had never even thought about the fact that Marvel like Marvel is big in my country. Like I'd never even thought about. Well, that. Well,
1: it's big everywhere. I mean, it's but it's just the idea too is that giving kids a you know like a, a character to look up to, role models to look up to that are all, all, all just the same type of person mm-hmm. is really important. Like kid, right. every kid deserves to know that they can you know, d- do whatever they can dream that they want to do or aspire right. to yes. achieve yes. whatever it's very, they want what to achieve. Actually. So yeah, so where where it, like that? Besides the fact that these movies are so fun, I, I really do believe that it's not frivolous. These movies really no. do have a very important cultural place. I mean, they do. See what happened with Wonder Woman? And, yes. And it's oh like, gosh. You know, like it. It's yeah. That 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 currency is very very valuable because yes. it really does inspire kids. In a world where you know, if you spend a lot of time online, can be a very toxic and not a oh super forgiving oh, place. Yes,
0: yes, you need that. You still need. We do definitely still need these epic heroic stories told and told from various perspectives. I think that's so real and um, and very very true. And it's it's you don't even realize if you're acting in them, um, the impact that they're having until like you know the the women girls who've come up to me concerning Michonne. You know, and I, the things that they've told me that, that you know they garnered from her strengths they garnered or ways that they handled specific situations. Based on that, you realize how important representation is of showing various various types of people doing various things. And at the same time, you know, it, it isn't even about um, you know it's it's people who don't look a thing like you who are telling you how sure they were inspired by your character. So um, that's I think that's so beautiful. It's so beautiful about storytelling as a whole too. It totally can break barriers, especially if you do if. You storytell like courageously, yeah, and not falling into like typical patterns, but really courageous storytelling, which I think totally is is what we see a lot in Marvel storytelling, and what we see, I think, definitely in Black Panther, and what you know you see in The Walking Dead, and I've, I've just been thankful to be a part of courageous storytelling.
1: You may not know the answer to this yet, because maybe some time has to pass, but have being involved in this scale and this type of storytelling has it affected? your writing at all in the types of stories that you want to tell has it has it bled into that at all or do you keep that pretty do you feel like you keep that pretty separate
0: hmm.
1: and i don't mean so literally like i'm gonna do a superhero play but i just mean like the types of <laughs>
0: we're gonna fly in on a wire <laughs> <laughs> you know grab an audience member. that's funny <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I think, um, that's an interesting question. It's very interesting question. Uh, you know, there are times where like I, when I think about the walking dead, people always say, do you want to write an episode of the walking dead? And I'm like, no, not really. Not really. I don't. I think the people writing it are the ones <laughs> who should be writing it. Yeah. You know, and there, you know, there's a place. I have a place as an actor and a place as a writer. And sometimes I have a place of a, as, a, as a writer, and that's where my primary place is. But I and, and yeah, I will definitely get into the beauty of of what I do, um, of what I get to do with The Walking Dead and what I got to do with um, with Black Panther was I could go and talk to the writer and and challenge them even, you know, and have real deep conversations about, does this make sense? Okay, I, I mean, but, but how about, okay, but what happened? And I don't know if, you know what I mean? You can have those conversations and they're totally, they're awesome artists and so they're great to collaborate with because mm-hmm. awesome artists always are. And um, and so and I'm like and I'm I'm like this is not the story I was meant to birth. So I never feel like I'm meant to be birthing it. But I know my what my role is to collaborate and to bring it to life through me as an actor. But I'm avoiding your question because I'm trying to think of. You what may not the know answer the answer, answer to that yet. You know what I mean? You because not, my it, writing, it some time my to... writing, I, I think of it. I think great. I was just talking to myself today about this. I think I do talk to myself <laughs> a lot. I think. The greatest stories that have been told have been told in an epic way, even if they were about very ordinary people. Mm-hmm. You think of Death death, and, um, um, death of a Salesman, or you think of um, all of August Wilson's plays, or, you know, you think of plays about very ordinary people, but the impact of how there's, like, August Wilson, I think, is the king of this. Like, literally, he'll take these folks, black folks, poor, in, like, you know, the, the, the hood of Pittsburgh, and he finds a way, he, those characters are epic, they are iconic, and they're taking you through the, the most grand arc of story you'll ever be taken through and you were just sitting on a corner in pittsburgh with them you know like so to me that's kind of the thing that i still pursue is like how do i how do i flip it Mm -hmm. how do i make it so you're you're watching you know in like in the case of eclipse you're watching five chicks in a war zone but you know and you're thinking these are these are statistics i'm literally watching statistics but by the end of the play you weren't watching statistics you can't forget those chicks, right. you know? And so that, that's, um, that's kind of the thing I still, I still kind of go for, I think. But um, watching, what I have learned is I definitely am and want to start writing for the screen. And I think watching, I, I really do think that there has been a path that, that I've been on, not even of my, entirely of my making, that um, involved a great apprenticeship coming from being on so many sets but not having to helm the set right
1: right right <laughs> you know? right right
0: so i've learned so much and i'm i'm feeling i'm feeling like i'm almost
1: i'm just about ready i mean there's it's there's so many exciting things that you're going to do it's and and all and every time something if whenever the water level raises in one area it's just like everything else elevates mm-hmm. so it's it's I, i'm excited to watch you as a creator because i still i think you know you have this amazing you know this incredible acting career that is just beginning to unfold and at the same time in 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 parallel this you know continuation of amazing writing career that's going to continue unfold and evolve across different platforms and and uh and, it, and almost in a weird way it almost feels like you got to this point, and you're just beginning now. Like now, you are starting. <laughs> Does it? Do you feel that way, or do you feel like? Oh, god, oh my god, I'm a little tired though.
0: <laughs> Can I have like two weeks on a beach? No. <laughs> um, yeah. No. No. I, I. 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 totally thank you, and I. I totally see what you're saying. I see what you mean, and there is. Um, uh, it's just interesting because you know I think back. I was looking at some some pictures of my me as a kid like today various reasons and and i was seeing all this picture i was like oh my gosh like it's it's but you see the point i see the point of every step of my life right now i'm, I'm hitting i'm hitting a birthday next month
1: okay? okay we need not say
0: what that birthday no we don't have to we don't have to, don't have to say 25 we don't have to <laughs> <laughs> but you know um you know so there's a lot of reflection going on for me right now but i see the purpose of everything i've i've been through thus far and it does it feels like uh, yeah i'm building
1: are you excited about the reflection and the birthday, or are you not excited about the reflection and the birthday?
0: I am. I think, you know, I, I feel full grown, you know, and that's a good feeling. It I'm, is. I'm feeling full grown.
1: I freaked out about that birthday, and then it happened, and afterwards I was oh, what, like... Oh, 25?
0: 25? Yeah. 25, yeah. Uh-huh. Boy, it's a tough yeah, year. Yeah, You're yeah, a quarter yeah. of a
1: century. It is. And, uh, and <laughs> after, I, after I had it, I was like, oh my God, I still don't know everything, but I don't feel as dumb. Like, I feel like I know myself. I feel more comfortable with myself. Right. And right. that's not something that you can really at least for, you know, I feel like a lot of young people spend a lot of time not being super comfortable because they're just trying to figure it out. Right,
0: right, and right. And then this is
1: where you really start to figure it out and go, "Oh my god, I feel I can feel comfortable in this skin that's on my body and I yeah. feel it feels good." But yeah. you I, what I don't understand about your childhood is did you were you born in Iowa or and then moved to Zimbabwe, or did you was it the reverse or what what was your um
0: yeah i was it's a, it is it is a a reverse immigrant story, I guess most people don't have, which is that I was born in the Midwest in the United States, yeah, and then I was raised in Zimbabwe because
1: your your parents are African
0: My parents are Zimbabwean and they came here separately actually for college in the sixties. And, um, they were buddies in high school, but they weren't together Mm -hmm. and they both were like, my mom was in college in Illinois. My dad was in college in Ohio, but then they, uh, had the same host family over Christmas. So then then my dad made a move. My dad made a move. (laughs) It worked yeah it was really blunt my mom said he just like gave her a Christmas card that said I love you inside (laughs) and she was like okay I guess we're here now (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) do you know I have the other four of us I did know that oh okay I was like damn that's good Um, but then uh, yeah so then after that they um, they got married after college and then moved to Penn State where my dad was getting his PhD and my mom was getting a couple master's degrees and that's where they had my two elder siblings and then Iowa is because my dad went to a, a liberal arts school called Grinnell College. He's a professor of chemistry. And he um, became a tenured professor there. And that's where me and my just older sister were born.
1: And they moved back to Zimbabwe.
0: And then Zimbabwe gained independence um, in 19- 19... Um, <laughs> when I was five, which was recent, um, but no. And then um, we, Zimbabwe gained independence. And then uh, a lot of people were going back. And it was just this really exciting time. My middle name means is, is Jekesai, which means to illuminate. And it was really a time when I was born um, where they didn't know if, like, the war for independence would ever end and how it would end. And um, they were just kind of – it's kind of based on a hymn that's sort of saying bring light to the dark circumstances we're in. And so very soon after I was born, the, the war did end. And um, I'm not saying I was the cause, but, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> um and I, when i put it that way i was like well, what am i trying to say no um so um it, it, the war did end and then a lot of people started to go back and invest in the new zimbabwe and so a lot of the kids i grew up around were born in like australia or canada or england or or the states and and their parents had been there in the 60s getting education and living their lives and then they came back to, zimbabwe to um, to, to help build this new nation.
1: So um, that's really hopeful and beautiful. Now, I, didn't, I, don't, I didn't want to skate over this, but I'm almost positive that about a half hour ago, you said, you were talking about something, and you said, my clown professor...
0: Clown teacher, yeah. Clown
1: in teacher. grad school,
0: you don't—you've know, never heard of clown class. You should know about clown class.
1: Is, I imagine if you, yeah I mean, I imagine if you're in th- if you're studying theater, there is some because you have to understand your body, right, your physical body. And clown physical class camera. is a
0: whole thing. Like there is a study in clown class. Like there is a study of of clown technique. It's a real thing. Okay, what is it? i, I don't know. I can't remember. I was—you know—I went to grad school a long time ago. But the, the, no, what I do remember. <laughs> is... Twenty-five, but well,
1: like a year ago, I know, right? 25.
0: I know. I just finished last week. But um, you no, know, the, the the whole thing with clown... Clown class. It's amazing. It's like... It's amazing. It was one of my very favorite components of education, like in my entire life. It's it's It really, it teaches you to find this place. You find your clown, ultimately, mm-hmm. at the end of clown class. You should totally do this.
1: I probably um, will. You've
0: got to find this teacher called Chris Bays. He's amazing. And you find your clown, and you don't know who your clown's going to be. He kind of, it's not really, it's not hypnosis, okay, but it's kind of like you go to this place that's really unhinged, and you kind of don't know what's, you know, who's going to come out out and you sort of you know there are all these ways that he sort of helps you open up this part of yourself that really gets kind of hampered down in the stresses of life and you know it's kind of that place it's almost like that kid place it's almost like your child place right but like you know you, you know you could every that's why every single clown like person you every single person who plays clowns that you'll meet they have kind of a different type of clown mm-hmm. it's not like there's not like i mean there's the sort of conventional idea of a clown but like the real clowns they are different. They're very, very different because you've had to find your clown personality and it's yep. a process. Yep. And once you find them, you're like, what was that? Who was that? That just came out of me, that voice, that person, what they were saying. Like, I have no idea what just came out of me. It's really kind of cool. But the one thing he said that was also, also really awesome was just talking about how you like the spirit of what you bring to something. And he said, if the spirit is right, we forgive all the mistakes. And there was just something about that, that, um, has led me through my career, like, how I absorb what I'm watching or what I'm considering being a part of, like, what I saw when I watched The Walking Dead, I was like, the spirit of this is just so right. And, and like, that's, of course, what I feel, like, when I look at, uh, when I looked at Ryan Coogler's work, you know what I mean? But, like, there's just, there's a spirit of a thing that... Um, I learned from cl- clown class. You've got to take a clown class.
1: I will. Ta- I would. I would happily take a clown class.
0: It's amazing. I need to take one again, actually. And then, like you know, in grad school now, Chris Bays was also stolen by Yale. Um oh, Yale! I know they stole all our teachers. Whatever. Um, they they do a clown show every year, and um, it's a part of like a, a season of student productions. And there's you like like a clown show is the coolest thing.
1: I would bet. I, I would bet that. If I went through that class, I would probably discover I am completely different than what I thought because so much yes, of so much, so much of what you put out in the world a lot of the time can be based on, you know, baggage and defenses and insecurity right. and the type of thing you want to project right. and the type of thing, right. know, so much about trying to control the external world. Right. So what happens when you strip all that away and you really just are who you are, which can be a very scary thing to even...
0: Exactly. To, to venture into. Yeah. You have to feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. And you do. You do. I mean, like I was in, with classmates that I was with, oh my God, 12 hours a day for three years. So, you know, I felt safe by then. And uh, I think, well, yeah, it was a third year class. And, you know, of course the teacher, he has to gain your trust as well. Sure. Because he's kind of taking you on a journey. But yes. it's so cool. You have got to find your clown. I, I have to gain the trust <laughs> and, of
1: a pack of clowns. Exactly. Maybe <laughs> get the, the And then
0: you've got to record it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That could be really interesting. actually. I I wonder if he'd be, he'd probably be a really interesting podcast guest to just sort of talk about Chris Bays. No,
0: yeah, Chris Bays, if Chris Bays can get you to your clown and then interview your clown.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Yeah, because that's what he does. He starts to talk to your clown and sort of bring out this different thing that's inside of you.
1: Is that different thing like a million handkerchiefs that never stop coming out?
0: No, that's the conventional stuff. This okay. is the real clown stuff. I'm talking the real about clown real clown. Yeah. This is real clown that's shit. That's kind of the expected thing about clown. This is the real stuff. I mean, I learned so much from that class as an artist like just that place sometimes you have to go to and I found like a little film I did years ago, I found my entire character through finding her like finding my clown. Like it was like unhinging unhinging in her circumstances oh there she is you know
1: I wonder I kind of think of things in terms of this way like I think of Mike I think the clown that I put out in the world is sort of like Batman TV series Joker but maybe my real clown is like Heath Ledger Joker where it's like you think it's really goofy no
0: he's not gonna be like that I hope not I think he'll be he'll probably be like a crier
1: (laughs) (laughs) I, I am very emotional this is why I cannot this is why it's difficult for me to watch drama oh really because when I watch drama I absorb it so so hard that it's hard for me to shake. Hmm. After a couple of days, like I'm, I'm, I'm basically just like a, a, an empathic sponge. Mm, and, that's great, though. And, and so it's hard. So watch, I
0: do you watch uh plays much?
1: No, I don't. And I think that probably has a lot to do with you know just having like a very difficult attention span. Oh.
0: Okay. Come on. My attention
1: span sucks. I get really fidgety. I get really, yeah.
0: No, 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 no. If you're watching a good play, you're not going to worry about your attention span.
1: I guess that's true. But not every play. I'll take
0: you to some plays. Would
1: you please take me to some plays? Yes.
0: But you got to come out to New York, too. I
1: will come out to New York. Okay. And then you got to come back here because it turns out we're almost kind of neighbors.
0: I know. I live just down the hill, you know, the common folk. But I live in... <laughs> <laughs> I think I could see your place if I look like if I turn my head all the way up <laughs> from Hell, my Oh, <laughs> uh, up Castlehurstwick. <it's> <laughs> yes. I
1: love your place. That's oh, thank you. Yeah, you have to take me on a tour. I got to look at all this Yeah, stuff. I'll take you I'll take you on a tour. This is we this is we've completed the podcast and I have to say uh I continue to I said this to you the other night when I was leaving when I said to you and Coleman I said I adore you. Oh, I don't you. mean that lightly. I mean it very oh, wow. sincerely. I am thank so you, glad that we've gotten to become friends over this very bizarre
0: journey that not a lot
1: of people get to have.
0: I know, and
1: uh, and it is one of the things that it makes me happiest about what I do. Is like, oh, I just you know, I just get to meet people that I really like, and everyone's so, everyone's really sweet, and we're all kind of. You know, and and we're all in in kind of in tandem in our own little rowboats, just you know, like going along, yeah, right, and, right, uh, but supporting
0: each other, but supporting each which other is awesome,
1: and uh, and I appreciate that. So please, uh, please have an amazing time. I know the premiere is, but when we're recording this, the premiere is Monday for Black Panther. I will be there. Yes, and uh, I will I will wave to you from afar because you're definitely going to be swamped by no,
0: uh, by no, you got to come and do your dance again. <laughs> I don't the know. Night, if I can do the, the night dance. will not be complete.
1: Can I tell you what What uh, the thing about the dance is when they were playing Yacht Rock, I was overtaken by the dance, but then we went to that other party right. where they were playing like Really, legitimately cool music, right. and I did not know how to ah. maneuver my body. Like I can, d- I can dance well, to like you know, Skaggs and the Doobie Brothers. Well, there
0: was this very interesting moment though, where you you said you were leaving, and then I don't know what we said. The band is breaking up or something. And then you seemed to get quite sad about that. And then you took off your jacket and you started to dance. I for a did. I,
1: the, didn't oh, <laughs> I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave. I felt like you know because you know I, I I expected I was gonna go. Yeah, I want to go. And I thought you guys were gonna be like, all right, have a great fuck off, have a great night. And then you were like, no, don't leave. And <laughs> and I was like, I gotta stay. And in the back of my head, I go, Your ears are gonna ring for like three weeks. And I go, I know, but when do I get to hang out with Denai? When do I get to hang out with Coleman? Everyone's so busy, you know? know. Like, so this is a. You like I had fun at it stuff so that I don't fun. normally have fun. At. I know like I had of a loud lot of fun alcohol too. fueled party. Right,
0: right, right, right. That's true. It's just about being around the right people. And that, actually, those two parties were really cool. Yeah, they were cool parties. Like there were parties where people were just there to hang and dance and enjoy really good music and and say hey to each other and show each other love. So that those are like the right types of parties. Because a lot of times I go into a place I'm like like there was a place where we were like we were like okay. <laughs> I don't
1: know about this. One. And yeah,
0: you know what I mean. So there are different types of places, but we found some really good places so I, that was a really fun night it so really thank was thank you thank Especially you your, the one of the definite highlights was your dance
1: machine moment <laughs> thank you i will i will dance machine again
0: awesome
1: uh, we'll figure it out but uh, until then enjoy your burrito everyone <sighs> the end <laughs> oh, I should say, uh, Walking Dead. Well, Walking Dead comes back February twenty fifth. Uh, Black Panther well, the premiere is Monday. What's what date is Black 16th, Panther? Oh, February sixteenth. Yeah. February sixteenth, Black Panther, yes. and then February twenty fifth, Walking Dead. Yeah. So it's going to be a very busy winter slash spring for Denai, and uh, and we will see. Yeah, well, I'll see you through all that, and then also, I always feel like. I, as as many times as I've said it, I still feel like I never say Danai properly.
0: That's all right. Listen, the old people. It was amazing when I was in Zim, and I'd hear it said properly all the time. And I was with my friend who's in the in my play, Eclipse. I just impulsively I said, "You're coming with me." It was like the day before I left, and so she came, and she was like, "Wow." I've never heard your name like this. Like, it was like <laughs> your name is being said in this way. I was like, this is how you say it. Is, but, like, come on, you try really hard. You're one of the best. You're one of the best in the West. You're one of the best in the West. But I've. <laughs> Wait, there's an East Coast good one? No, i mean in the West, oh, like, the west the of the West. Oh, the West of the World.
1: I'll take Western Hemisphere. You're one of the
0: best. You and Andy Lincoln, very, very good at it.
1: I will take Western Hemisphere. Yes. Uh, all right, excellent. id 10 scanning
0: skinning
2: complete. Enjoy your burrito.